In this episode, I dive all into travel and your fitness goals and how to make sure that you don't lose progress when you're traveling, how to navigate around food, training, what your goals were before you traveled, and making sure that you feel confident along the way. Don't forget to share this with a friend who might benefit from this as well, and we'll catch you on the inside. We are going to go ahead and dive right into this and talking about travel and your fitness goals. Now, I specifically did not want to label this how to, quote, stay on track when traveling because there are going to be a lot of different aspects we want to take into consideration when it comes to traveling and our fitness goals. So these are going to be things I'm going to bringing up situations I've gone through with clients, personal situations I've gone through, and a bunch of different strategies and tips that I use in these circumstances. So the first question I ask when someone says, hey, I'm going out of town, I'm traveling, I have this thing coming up, whatever it may be, I say, what is the goal of the travel? The reason I ask that question is because it's going to be really important to see, is this a work trip? Is this a vacation? Is this a trip to go see family? Because from there, we can really determine what is going to be the main things we pay attention to. So I'm largely wondering, what is the purpose of this trip? The next questions that kind of stick into this first question are going to be how long is the trip and then how often do you travel? Because let's go ahead and take a situation where you might be out of town for two or three days. That is going to be something where we might not have to make sure that we have a gym nearby. We might not need to make sure that we're hitting all macros perfectly because it's a shorter trip. But let's say that you go on those short trips for work very frequently, then we might need to take that into consideration for putting a plan together for what that looks like over the long haul instead of just looking at, I have a trip coming up this weekend or next weekend. It's really being able to look at how that fits into your life. Now, the next question I really go into here is what phase are you in? And this is going to mean, are you in a deficit? Are you at maintenance? Are you in a growth or building phase? Because to be able to put together a game plan for you when you're traveling, it needs to make sense for what your goals are at that moment. The next three questions that I ask after those first few are going to be, what are you most looking forward to? Because regardless of if you're going on a business trip, going to see family, going on a vacation or anything in between, there might be something that you're extremely looking forward to of let's say it's a specific treat or going out to eat somewhere. Maybe it's an activity that you're really excited to do. I want to find out what you are most excited about so we can build from there. Then I also ask, what do you foresee being the biggest obstacle? Because if I ask that to one person versus another, they might have vastly different answers where one might be really worried about how they're going to track their food and the other person might be really worried about how they're going to get their workouts in. So I want to be able to speak to that client specifically about what's going on, what the situation is, and what they think is going to be a big obstacle. It might be of, hey, I'm going to spend time with family and they don't eat the same way that I do. They're not interested in fitness. Or it might be of, I don't know if I'm going to have time to be able to bring food with me or to be able to go get food while I'm there. And it doesn't really matter about how other people feel. I just don't know how that's going to look for my schedule. So we really want to be able to figure that out next. 
And then the last question, and I always, my clients can attest to this, I always ask, what makes you feel good? That might be such a simple, simple question. But again, I ask myself this when it comes to travel as well, because what makes me feel good is making sure that my digestion is in a good spot. Because for me personally, there is nothing worse, even when I'm home, for my digestion to be off and I just feel off. It ruins my appetite. It ruins my body image, my self-confidence, my performance in the gym. It can be a whole cascade for a bunch of other things. Then on top of that, if I'm traveling and my digestion's off, it can feel like the hardest thing ever because I don't know what exactly is going to happen. Maybe the schedule is different. Maybe I have a different routine. So my digestion staying as good as possible when travel is something extremely important to me. And I know from a lot of clients as well that this can really throw off how they're feeling when they do travel. So digestion is something that makes me feel good. Another thing that makes me feel good is movement. Now notice how I didn't say training here. And it's because when One of my non-negotiables is movement of some sort, and that doesn't always equal training. Sometimes that's going on a walk. Sometimes that's a bike ride. Sometimes that's simply just moving around the Airbnb or the hotel to make sure that I'm not completely sedentary the entire time. Maybe it's doing a fun activity where I'm at. Maybe I'm going and trying golfing, or we're going and we are playing around on some other fun activity that I could not think of off the top of my head right then, but golfing is on the forefront of my head because I just went recently, and let me tell you, my shoulder is like still sore, and I woke up wondering why it felt like I got hit in the arm with a baseball bat, but that is neither here nor there for this conversation specifically. The other thing that makes me feel good is water, and it's the one thing that I can fall off with pretty easily, and especially when it comes to travel, and water is going to help my digestion, it's going to help my skin, and it's going to just help me feel good because water is going to be like a major catalyst for every single thing in your body. And I know that you might roll your eyes a little bit when people talk about water, but it really can be a game changer. And I know it makes me feel good to have water in place. And then one of the last things that makes me feel good is sleep. And when traveling, again, you might be in different time zones on a completely different schedule, routine. If you're going to visit friends, you might be wanting to stay up late and spend time with them. There are a million different variables that can come into play here. But I know regardless, being able to have some sort of focus on sleep. And with travel, one thing that I always keep in mind is that things aren't going to be perfect. And it doesn't matter if they're perfect. I just need to put effort forward and to be able to learn. Because when it comes to travel, I used to really not travel a lot at all. It was something where until 2019, 2020, I hadn't done much other than driving the six hours to go see Alex. But it was something where I wasn't getting on planes. I actually was very scared of planes when I first started to get on them, and I wasn't comfortable or confident when it came to traveling. And since I have been on so many different trips, and again, it crosses the gauntlet of going on a trip with friends, going on a vacation with Alex and I, going on lots and lots of work trips, going to see family. I've gone across the whole gauntlet of those and learned how to navigate in those situations to ensure that I feel the absolute best. 
So to go ahead and go back through those questions, I will have them listed in the show notes, and it might actually be in a freebie, depending on if I think that you guys would be interested. I might throw this all together in a freebie for you guys so you have it as a little quick checklist if you are going to travel so that you can refer back to it and just make sure that you're all good to go. Are you sick and tired of your glutes not growing? turning around in the mirror and seeing a board for a booty. I've been coaching for nearly a decade, helping thousands of women reach their goals. The most common goal, grow my glutes. Women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and even 60s, able to grow their glutes with the guidance of my training programs. And for all this time, I've kept my best glute growth secrets only for my one-on-one clients. And that changes today. We just released our 12-week glute growth program in the PD training app. It is a four-day program with exercise and volume adjustments every three weeks. You can easily access the program through our app and track every single workout. Each exercise will have a detailed video teaching you exactly how to perform each and every movement. And guess what? I am no longer gatekeeping. I'm sharing every single one of my best glute growth secrets inside this program because you are awesome and I want you to have this program. I'm going to give you $25 off, making it a fraction of what you spent at Starbucks this past month. Use code POD. The link to purchase will be in the description. Now let's get back to the show. I'm going to, before I just go into general tips that I think are going to be helpful, I'm going to talk through a few different personal and client experiences that I think will be able to be very helpful when it comes to the application. So I recently had a client and she's going on a ski trip. And with that, she was like, what do I do with my plan? Do I still plan to get all my training in? Do I plan to get all my steps in? How do I go about food? And I went through these questions to nail down what the situation was going to look like. Come to find out, She was going to be traveling and going to a different time zone. She was going to be with family, staying at an Airbnb, and they were planning to do a lot of skiing. So with this understanding and knowing it was a vacation and a trip, we went through what she was going to be looking forward to, if there was any uh, meals she was looking forward to or activities she was looking forward to. And she discussed one of the obstacles she thought she was going to face was going to be, one, getting in all of her steps because she thought if she was going to be skiing all day, she might not be able to get all of her steps in. Then the other thing was food, because even though she was staying on Airbnb, which generally makes it a little bit easier when it comes to food versus a hotel. She knew that her family wasn't going to be eating the exact same way as her. So what we did in that situation for her game plan, and this is also something I always like to emphasize to clients, is that because the circumstances are different, the plan is different. So that's exactly why I wanted to be very careful about the way that I phrase things of not saying, quote, how to stay on track when traveling, because it's all about putting together a plan that works for the circumstance that you're in. So you might not technically be on track when it comes to what the plan is when you're in your normal routine and at home and what me as a coach expectations are for you. But if we've made a new plan, then you don't need to worry about being, quote, off track. You just need to focus on what is the plan in place for the circumstances that are now in place for this trip. So first thing to talk about steps is I told her I didn't need her to specifically hit a step goal. And the reason for this is because I didn't say that 
getting in training or getting in steps is my goal. I said movement is the goal, and that's the goal I normally push forward to clients. And I ask, what do you think is doable on this trip? What do you think is truly realistic? And that's something where the word realistic, I feel like people take it as, oh, come on, be realistic. But how I like to view it is let me take inventory of everything going on and put together something that I can achieve. And that's being realistic because I used to struggle big time with having these grand plans of what I was going to accomplish and not accomplishing it and then feeling really crappy about myself where I could have just put a plan that when I really took inventory of everything going on, fit what needed to happen way more. So when it comes to that situation, it wasn't realistic to say, hey, get in 11,000 steps, which is her personal step goal, not saying that it should be your step goal, but getting in 11,000 steps when she might be spending multiple hours skiing throughout the day. So we kind of put together a game plan of, hey, if you end up spending this much time doing movement, then we don't need to worry as much about steps or getting the training in. Because when traveling, trying to find a place to go go to the gym and make sure you're getting in that training, not only the aspect of if you don't have a rental car, now you're having to Uber to the gym, finding the gym, paying for the day pass, taking time out of whatever the trip is, where maybe it's a business trip, it's a lot more doable. But if you're on vacation with family and no one else is training, then it seems a lot more difficult to get those training sessions in. So I told her to not worry about getting her training sessions in. We would pick those back up when she got home. And I wanted her to vastly focus on what type of movement she was getting in. So if she found one day she was spending three hours skiing, then I didn't need her to hit 11,000 steps. But if there was a day where she was spending time around the lodge or the Airbnb and they weren't going on the mountain, then being able to get a minimum of 8,000 steps would be really great. And that's another thing is I put either minimums or ranges in place when it comes to travel because Again, I know things aren't going to be perfect, and you want to set up your mentality with that as well, where instead of saying, oh, I'm going to get 10,000 steps because that's always been my goal, I'll say for myself, I'm going to have the minimum of 8,000, and if I get to 10,000, freaking great cherry on top. But putting that minimum in place ensures that I have that minimum threshold of movement to ensure that I am feeling my best, functioning my best, and able to see the best results overall. Now, that's not to say the best results of you're going to get lean and shredded when you're on this trip, but it's being able to make sure that we're not regressing in progress and we can either maintain the progress or make further progress. And progress doesn't always mean on the scale or what your measurements say. It can also be progress of being able to be in a bit better mental headspace when you are traveling and being able to have a better travel experience than you ever had in the past, which is a really important thing to take into consideration of how you view progress and how you measure that progress. The client came back to me and said, I actually really enjoy finding new gyms, figuring out how to be able to go to the gym, and I really enjoy that. So she said, I might go ahead and get one or two sessions in while I'm there. And we talked about don't push the limits of that, but if it feels good, go ahead and train and really pay attention to your recovery because she doesn't ski on the day-to-day, and even if she's a proficient skier, 
going to do an activity you haven't done in a while can take a little bit of time to recover from. So I made sure that we had those movement limits in place. She felt confident about that. And then we really took a look at food. So since she was going to be at an Airbnb, I said, one of the best things that I recommend and one thing that I do too is I'll go on a grocery run. So I went to Montana with my sister and her friends last March. And it was something where I was just like, hey, do you guys all want to shop? go by the Safeway because that's what was over there and just go grab some snacks and some groceries so that we're all set to go because we are at an Airbnb. I had no idea what anyone else's diet was. I had no idea what anyone else's goals were, but I knew I personally wanted to go to the grocery store. And I can say that every single Airbnb I've stayed at with either just Alex or with anyone else, people have been more than happy to go to the grocery store. Because even if you are going to be eating out a decent amount, which I'll get into here in a second, it's also taking into consideration of you're not going to likely be eating every single meal out because going out to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner can be difficult. So even if you have just stuff for breakfast at the Airbnb, a lot of times, even if people you're around aren't into fitness, aren't into the same food, they'll be able to see of, oh yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to go ahead and eat breakfast here or just have a few snacks. If we're here playing cards and just chatting, we want some snacks, some chips, some dips. Uh, So it allows you to go to the grocery store and get what you need as well. And so we outlined of making sure that she had some good go-to snacks and we talked through what she could get at the grocery store as well as what she could bring with her. So this is something when it comes to food that with TSA, you can basically bring anything through as long as it is not a liquid. And liquids, I always like to make this caveat slash little asterisk, peanut butter does count as a liquid and yogurt counts as a liquid. And I have had sometimes where some things that are a little bit more mushy, they want to say it counts as a liquid. So anything that might be considered a liquid, as long as it is frozen solid, then you are able to take it through TSA and you are all good to go. But the last trip Alex and I went on when we went and got our tattoos, I literally had a whole carry-on that I made into like a makeshift fridge slash freezer. And I put all of our vacuum sealed meals in there with ice packs. And again, the ice packs just need to be frozen. And the TSA guy was very intrigued as to what was going on, but everything just went on through and we were able to take those meals with us. So I recommend the easiest thing to do is to have your meals frozen, not because you can't take meals that are thawed through, but it just helps because then also the meals themselves are the ice packs, which can be helpful, but you can bring through literally anything as long as it is not a liquid. And if you do bring through a liquid, it has to be less than three ounces. So very important that you keep that in mind. But if you have like a chicken and or a beef and rice meal or something like that, you can take that on through. You can eat it on the plane. You can take it on to the Airbnb, whatever you would like. But that's something I talk through with clients of, is it something where you feel comfortable packing and taking food with you? Will you have time to be able to pack food and take it with you? And then what does that look like of once you get there, of will you have resources once you get there? Because I understand not everyone is going to be as willing as I am to either have a makeshift uh, carry-on that is literally all meals or being a 
able to have a lunchbox with them that has their meals in it. I get that that's not everyone's favorite activity to go ahead and do. So in those cases, I highly recommend having some go-to snacks, whether you buy them there or having them in your backpack or in your carry-on with getting to wherever you're going. Because I will tell you, Nash bars specifically have saved Alex and I's life in those situations, whether it's that we're supposed to have enough time in a layover to get food, or we end up being in a spot where the flights are too close and we need to get on the next one and we are dying of hunger. Being able to have that protein bar, which has great whole ingredients and 20 grams of protein, does us a solid. We also, of course, travel with our midday squares because we have now gotten to the point we can't live without them. So we do travel with those Nugo bars, also some of the Yum Earth snacks because those are great carb sources to have on hand. So if you do want a list of a lot of the snacks that I will travel with, then I will have that in the freebie, as well as some great non-perishable snacks to have in your backpack that you can often also get at the airport or at any normal grocery store. So that's something I always want to take into consideration of, is there something that I can't get at a normal grocery store? And with something like Nash bars, I can't. So I will take those with me. I'll also bring things like protein powder because even if I don't use it, it's great to have in a pinch and it's super easy to travel with because it's just a powder. You can throw it in a Ziploc bag, whether you put it in your checked bag or in your actual carry-on, makes it through TSA just fine. I've never had my protein powder taken to be tested. It normally goes through completely fine. The only time I've had something stopped through TSA of that matter would be a pre-workout and sometimes they have to test that for an explosive, I guess. Uh, I guess electrolytes and pre-workout have been pulled, but they end up passing through. And my food has been pulled, but they normally open it up. They see that it's either all frozen food or all food that meets their guidelines. And then I'm on my happy, merry little way. A huge reason we did talk about going to the grocery store was not only to have food options for her because there is nothing worse than being so starving and then you have no food around and you're just waiting to go out to eat. And then that's where you often get into a place where you overeat or end up like having a bunch of, quote, junk food. And so I love having snacks. To refer back to that trip I went to in Montana, I not only brought some of my own food, but also had snacks and got snacks while I was there. And I simply would not have survived or been a pleasant person to be around if I did not have those because you also have to realize not everyone may eat either the same amount as you, on the same routine as you, have the same food schedule as you, anything like that. So when I go into a travel, I'm always looking out for myself, number one, and making sure I have everything that I need to make sure that I am fueled, I feel good, and I am a joy to be around. But the big thing I also talk to clients about is prioritizing protein. This will be huge for not only satiation, but protein is not only like the building blocks of your muscles, but it is the building block of basically every cell in your body. It is going to be so important. And a great thing with this too is that oftentimes when it comes to people eating foods, whether it's overeating foods or going out to eat, is if the meal doesn't have a protein component, it's so easy to eat that food, be hungry a few hours later, eat some more food, never really feel satiated, then that constant snacking can hurt your digestion. And I do want to say there, that does not mean demonizing snacking. 
snacking. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a snack girly. I love my snacks. By no means am I saying you should not snack. But if you're constantly grazing and never giving your stomach a second to rest, then that can cause some digestive disruption, if I can talk clearly. So being able to make sure that you have a full meal can really also ensure that you're eating good quality foods by knowing you have that solid protein source in place. So what I'll do is if, depending on what the trip looks like, I might not always have, hey, I want you to hit specific macros. I'll say, here's the protein minimum that I need you to hit. And sometimes I'll do protein and a calorie goal, or sometimes I'll do just a protein goal. It does depend on the circumstance. So there was another client who was going on a trip, and she was going to a lake house with family. And she had gone to this lake house before when we were working together. And we had set in place some different minimums and guidelines without having to have her track all of her food. But with that, we had a minimum of steps, and she ended up not hitting that because part of it was not being proactive enough, and the other part was that she just was in a place where not everyone was doing it, and so it was hard to make sure that she abided by that. And so I've also put into place of like, hey, you're going to have this protein goal, this step goal, this water goal, but if you get a few days into the trip and you recognize I'm not actually hitting that step goal or that water goal, then I'll say, I want you to now hit this protein and this calorie goal. Because I can have more flexibility with someone if they have different metrics in their control versus having different metrics out. So you always need to recognize what that trade-off looks like when it comes to, if I want to have more flexibility, I might have to nail down a few different aspects to allow myself flexibility in that area. So for the client that was going on the ski trip, we had a protein goal in place. We didn't have a calorie goal in place. We had a movement goal in place. And then we really talked about water and being able to make decisions that, again, were going to make her feel her best. So we also talked about digestion, not only the foods that she was eating and paying attention to how that would impact her digestion, but being able to look at how fast she was eating her food, how her sleep was, and how much time she was giving herself. So when it comes to digestion and travel, first, I mean, get a travel squatty potty. It is the bee's knees. I mean, they should honestly sponsor this podcast because I am team squatty potty through and through. And they have a travel one that you can just fold on up and it's like flat and it's perfect and great to go. So with that, I also want to make sure that I have time to use the bathroom in the morning. So depending on the circumstance where you might be in a hotel room with people that you don't know or you don't feel comfortable with going in the bathroom and being in there and like with a hotel room, it's pretty small. People can hear basically everything. Or maybe you're in an area where there's only one bathroom to share between multiple people. Or maybe you're in a situation where, again, your routine is going to be vastly different. I always, again, look out for myself and see if, let's say, we are all going to be planning to leave by 8 a.m. and we're going to get breakfast at 8 a.m., Maybe everyone else doesn't need to wake up until 7 or even 7.30 a.m., but maybe for my 
myself, I'll plan to wake up at 6.30 to give myself some time, whether that's to do some stretches, to get some water in, or just time to be in the bathroom. Because I've also found with a lot of clients, they'll get up and it's just go, go, go. And then they wonder why they can't have a bowel movement. But there is a point of having a some sort of bathroom routine, and it will look different for different people. But I know for myself, having at least 30 minutes, and not that it always takes me 30 minutes, but I never want to feel rushed because then I get anxious and then I'm not wanting to go to the bathroom. So I always will get up a little bit earlier for myself, give myself a little bit extra time, making sure I'm feeling my best and also being paying attention to what type of bathrooms or how many bathrooms are going to be available. Because if we have six people and there's one bathroom, then I definitely got to get up early, take some time for myself so that I'm being considerate of everyone else and not just taking the time in the bathroom. So we talked about what that looked like for her digestion. We talked about that movement and we talked about food. And now she had a game plan going into this trip. And I actually got an email from her a few days in saying this is the most confident she's felt on a trip and the best that she has felt on a trip. And mind you, again, she was not hitting food perfectly. She wasn't even tracking food while she was there. And she wasn't specifically hitting her training sessions. She wasn't hitting a step goal. And she feels good, looks good, and is performing well because we took all those first few questions I went through of what type of trip is this? What are you looking forward to? What are going to be the things that might stand in your way? What is something that makes you feel good. We took all of those things and built a plan around what was going to make the most sense. Low reps is best. High reps is best. Fruit is so it's good. It's terrible You, you. should lift heavy. High reps. Carbs low are weight. needed. Keto squats are bad for your Squats are great You for should squat astrograms. It's fine. It fits my macros. When there are so many mixed messages going around, it's hard to know what you should even do or focus on. But that's exactly where physique development one-on-one -on -one coaching comes in. You might have heard of online coaching or even hired a coach before, but we believe in teaching you the why behind what we do while truly taking your life into consideration. We want to train, educate, and empower you to reach your goals and help you to stop spinning your wheels and just finally feel good. And hey, we're here to help you look good too. You need you. Your health is your wealth. So join Physique Development and let us be the last coach you ever need. So now I'm going to go ahead and go through some different tips that are ones that I talk to about my clients and ones that are going to help you feel your best. And some of them you might recognize from me applying them to the client, but I want to make sure that I talk through all of them. So prioritizing protein, again, is going to be a huge one. And some great options for prioritizing protein, the Chobani Complete Shakes, those are 20 to 25 grams of protein. You can find them at almost any grocery store. Those are great find and they're dairy free in case you're like me and cannot have dairy without it absolutely terrorizing your stomach. And another great option, of course, is going to be the Nash bar. And those are gluten free, dairy free and soy free, I believe. Very minimal ingredients and great to travel with. Um, some other great options, especially going into some non-perishable options are some sort of beef jerky or turkey jerky. Those are going to be incredible options as well. Nugo bar is a good 
good favorite of ours. While those only have 12 grams of protein, it gets you pushing towards uh, that number more and more. So any way that I can prioritize protein is going to be a win. The next thing is going to be simple meals when you don't need something crazy. This was a concept I had a hard time with in the beginning of my fitness journey where I would be like, oh gosh, there's a cookie here and someone's offering me a cookie. I like cookies, therefore I should eat the cookie. It made perfect sense in my brain. But when I started to think about it more and when I started to realize just because I like cookies and there's a cookie here doesn't mean I always need to eat it. And that allowed me to really get in touch with when do I actually want something versus when is something available. And especially if you are going on a trip with other people and they might not eat the same way as you, that's something to take into consideration of there are times where you might be like, yeah, I do want the cookie. Thanks for offering. But there also might be times of, hey, I don't really need something extravagant right now. I can get something pretty plain Jane. So there are times, again, we go on trips, I go all out, get all the good food. But then there's also times where I'll just get something super simple, especially something like airport food. Like airport food never really hits IMO. And there's a lot of times where you're at a place and maybe nothing really looks good on the menu. I'll always go with, can I get some grilled chicken? And oftentimes restaurants offer that, whether it's like adding it to a salad, I'll get a side of grilled chicken and I'll just be able to have that with maybe some other side, whether that's with French fries. Cause I mean, if you know, you know, I'm a French fry girly potatoes. I really don't discriminate hash browns, the whole nine, but I'll go with something more basic than in the case of, Oh, Maybe it's, quote, easier for me to get a burger and fries because that's just what's on the menu. But if I'm realizing, hey, I don't think a burger is going to fill me up fully, it might put me in a place where I have my hunger filled for a little bit, but I saw someone walk by with a burger and it didn't look like that much meat on it, I'll just say, hey, can I get grilled chicken and some French fries? And that's a way that I'm prioritizing protein, I'm prioritizing my digestion, and I'm able to keep in mind of when I want something versus when I need something something versus when I don't want something. I'm able to take all of that into consideration. So that is something where anywhere that you can have a simple meal, this doesn't mean all of your meals. I want to make that very clear. But if there is a time where you're like, "Uh, nothing on this menu is hitting, I'll go super basic and get something that fits the goals that I have in mind. Uh, I did talk about staying moving and just getting movement in in general. And I do love having a step goal in these situations because when we were just recently in Texas getting the tattoos, I knew we were going to be sitting for long periods of time. And I also knew with having to get the work done, with the amount of time I was going to be spending in the chair and having to recover from being at getting tattooed for two days straight, that I was not going to make it to the gym. And so my main goal was being able to get in movement. Now it was torrential downpour the entire time. There was like a few hours of one day that there was sun. And so in that case, I was very discouraged because I was like, well, now I can't go for a walk outside. I'm not going to be at the gym. I can't go for a walk there. And I literally paced inside the Airbnb. I paced inside of the tattoo parlor while I was waiting for Keen to finish drawing and just got in movement where I could. When there were breaks in rain or was it lighter rain, I would go outside and go for walks. And I was just focusing on 
movement and any way that you can get people to join in on this, whether it's we were visiting friends last year and we were sitting around their kitchen talking and I knew that I needed to get some more movement in and Alex did too. And he said, hey, do you guys mind if we keep talking and we go on a walk? Great way to keep the conversation going, go and get some activity, incredible way to do that. Parking a little bit further away, especially if you're visiting a new area, maybe you walk around the area a little bit. It's going to be very, very helpful, and those small things do add up. I cannot say that enough. Now, let's say that you are going to, maybe it's something where you travel pretty often for work, so you have to find a way to navigate around training, or it's something where you're going to be gone for a prolonged amount of time and you want to get some training in. There's a few different ways that I'll go about this. So one of the first things is is that depending on if there's a certain area I need to stay in or if the area is already kind of determined, then from there, I'll look for gyms. So if the area isn't determined and it's more general, then maybe I'll look at gyms first and then find an Airbnb or or hotel from there. But if it's something where it's like, hey, we've already all decided on this hotel, then from there, I'll look to see what's around. Now, if the hotel has a gym, I almost always will go to that just because it's the easier option and cheaper where you're not having to pay for a week pass or a day pass or whatever it may be, plus taking transportation on top of that, where if you don't have a rental car, you're Ubering different places, or even and seeing if there's some place that you can walk to is going to be very helpful. So I take all of those things into consideration. But again, I don't normally hold myself to having the same type of workouts when I'm traveling versus when I'm not, especially because I, even though I might travel often, for the most part, I am on top of my training at home. So I don't need to stress as much about making sure everything's perfect when I am traveling. So it'll either be something where we'll play around on machines that we don't normally have access to, and Alex and I will do something together. So then we also have that accountability and we're able to push each other. There'll be times where I'm really just focusing on a full body session to be able to move my body and get in and out. And I normally prioritize doing workouts if I am traveling in the morning if possible. It's not always possible, but it's something where my I'm more and more deterred as the day goes on to go to the gym. Even recently we had a friend in town and I was we had eaten breakfast but then we sat and talked for multiple hours to the point where it was basically time to eat lunch and I was like, well if I eat lunch and then I wait for it to digest to then go and train, I'm going to be in a little bit of a bind and I'm I might not want to train at that time. So I ended up having a snack. I had a Nash bar and some Yum Earth fruit snacks and waited a tiny bit of time and then went and trained because I was like, if I don't do it now, I might not do it at all. And it turned out that our schedule ended up massively changing and I wouldn't have been able to do it at all. So I always, you always want to take yourself and your tendencies into consideration. If you know, hey, if there's not food around, I'm more tempted to eat other food or to order food out. Hey, if I don't train earlier in the day, I'm likely not going to train later in the day. Learn those things, know those things about yourself, and use that to your advantage so you can 
hack yourself, hack your schedule, hack your routine to make the most sense for you and your tendencies. So when it comes to looking at gems, I'll normally just like look in the area, look for gems on the map, and then look at different reviews, see how far away it is. That's a big thing that I look at. And I'll also see, is it a staffed gym? Do they have certain staffed hours? And calling to see where some places will give you a free week pass if it's your first time there or a free day pass. But sometimes you have to make sure you go between certain hours and you can only buy a pass at a certain price point. So it's helpful to figure out what that looks like because sometimes it can be cheaper to buy a day pass depending on if you're only going to be there three days where sometimes buying a week pass, even if you're only training two or three days, might be the better financial deal. So with that, it's something where I don't say you shouldn't train when you're traveling, but be aware of what that looks like within your routine and not being afraid to take some rest days. And those are completely fine to be able to have in place and not putting yourself in this place where you're expecting everything to be the same when you're traveling, especially depending on what type of travel it is. Now, I did get a question on what to do when it comes to workouts when there's no equipment available. And you can do no equipment workouts. They're kind of like circuit workouts where you're doing different things like burpees and jump squats and squats but like body weight squats, a lot of body weight movements. And that is something that I can throw into the freebie as well. But again, don't be afraid to not train and maybe just focus on getting some type of movement, whether that is a certain step goal or maybe doing some yoga. But again, I try to be really realistic with myself of how likely is it that I'm wanting to do burpees on a hotel floor? Zero, because I do not want to touch a hotel floor. Uh, and then also taking into consideration how much benefit is that going to give me for what I'm investing into it. And if it's something where I'm going to just feel mentally better of knowing I put forth some effort, then great. But if it's something where it's like, I'm really just doing this to say that I did it because I want to make sure that I train while I'm here, then that's another thing you want to take into consideration. Now, when it comes to eating out, again, if you are eating out a lot and then you're like, I have no idea how to track this or how to make sure that I am reading this menu correctly or anything like that, how to navigate going out to eat, I'm going to have a YouTube video linked below. And this goes over so many things within my fitness pal, how to track when you're going out to eat. I talk through looking at a menu, how I decide the different macros, how to track it in a few different ways to set yourself up. I also go through how to import a recipe and many other things when it comes to tracking your food. So that video is going to be uber helpful if you are traveling or you are going out to eat and you want to make sure you're tracking things correctly or just having a sense of what that looks like, then that is going to be a, an incredible resource for you. And then one of the other things here is supplements. And when it comes to supplements, I don't want to be taking my whole supplement cabinet. So I just go with, again, the non-negotiables or the bare minimum. And if you listen to a podcast that came out not too long ago, then you know what the top three supplements that Alex and I recommend to everyone. And those are really the main ones I focus on bringing when I travel, of having the magnesium in place, having the fish oil, and depending on where I'm going, having the vitamin D. Now, when we are going on a tropical vacation where I'm going to be outside most of the time, I might ixnay the vitamin D. But if I am going somewhere where I'm going to be inside a good amount of time or having torrential downpour, then having that rain 
that rain in place, that vitamin D in place can still be extremely helpful. So with that, like I said, I also might bring something like uh, some protein powder or possibly some pre-workout, but I try to keep it to a minimum. Uh, But if it is going to be helpful for your routine, whereas working out when you're traveling might be difficult, but having the part of routine where you're mixing up your pre-workout and signaling to yourself you're about to train, and that might help you depending on if there's caffeine in it or just the focus aspect of it, then that pre-workout can really help you focus in and get things done. Um, And then recently, we have been bringing electrolytes. We really enjoy the element. Alex's favorite is the citrus salt, and my favorite is the raspberry salt. I love the raspberry salt, and that can be great because if I'm not getting in enough water or just within travel, being in different um, elevation, being in a different time zone, all those different factors, just making sure that I'm having enough of hydration can be super duper helpful in those senses. Now with water, I know I've already mentioned it, but I do need to discuss of bringing your own water bottle is so helpful, whether you are driving, flying, whatever it may be, because it can be so difficult to get water. And I hate having to buy like a million water bottles because I feel very wasteful within doing that. So it's super helpful. You can fill it up, whether it is at the airport and being able to have that to rock and roll with, or even when you get to the place, if you are in an Airbnb, filling it up. with the water there, or if you're in a situation at a hotel, oftentimes I'll go to like where the coffee is, or if they have a restaurant and ask them to fill up my water bottle. And that is so, so helpful to have around. But the other thing is, especially if we're at a hotel, we will often order gallons of water from or go to the grocery store to get gallons of water. Not only is it helpful to be able to track what that water looks like because I'm taking the gallon and pouring it into my actual bottle so then I can see, oh, I've had around a gallon or less, whatever that may be. But it's also just something where it takes away the excuse of getting water in, where it can be something where you can go to the coffee place or the restaurant and ask them to fill up your water. But let's say you finished your water, maybe you're working in the hotel and you're like, I can't really take a break to just go find water, then that puts you in a place where you're able to have the water right there, take away any type of excuse that you have in place. So that is what I have for you when it comes to travel and your fitness goals. If you have a certain circumstance like my client where you're like, okay, I'm going on the skiing trip. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. These are my barriers that are coming in place. And after me going through everything in this podcast, you still have questions, then feel free to leave them below. Maybe I will go through them on another podcast or just be able to answer them if you are commenting on YouTube. And if you are listening to this on any podcast podcast, platform, then there will be a place that you can make sure that you add in any comments that you have, or if you want to be able to add a comment about a situation, or just have any other questions about travel and fitness. Because another thing here is, even though I've already said you're not going to be perfect, you're only going to get better the more times you do it and reflect on how things went. Because the first time that I traveled, whether it was packing food or not and bringing all of my stuff, was a lot messier, harder, and there was a lot of mistakes I made versus now 
30, 40, 50, 100 trips later. So you're going to get better as you go. Don't hold yourself to this perfect standard. But again, putting in some effort and planning is going to be paramount for being able to actually feel your best and come back from a trip knowing that you did not lose progress and you were able to, again, either either maintain your progress or make progress on that trip. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope this leaves you feeling so much more confident next time that you do travel. And like I said, that freebie will be linked down below. So thank you guys so much. We'll catch you in the next one. And feel free to share this with a friend who might need the help when it comes to travel as well.